Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin, and on this week's show, Guys, we have with us today, and I'm going to drop a hint, uh, never do I do this, her name is The Cheetah, okay, I'm going to give you a second name that she goes by. She is a retired professional martial artist, boxer, and kickboxer who has made history as the first African-American female kickboxing uh, ISKA world champion. And, by the way, she also held the title of uh, world titles for WKA and WKF. Uh, But before her kickboxing career, she had already won three world titles in taekwondo and was an All-American in, get this, basketball and track. After an upset in the 1994 Battle of the Masters, which was a pay-per-view event, Fridia earned the name the most dangerous woman in the world. We're going to totally talk about that. Um, and she became one of the most dominant champions of all time. Frida remains a significant historical figure in light and super lightweight kickboxing divisions. She had competed from 1991 to 1997, amassing, now listen to this, 16 wins, zero losses, and 15 knockouts, as well as the three world titles. Frida also competed as a top contender in women's professional boxing, uh, from 1997 to uh, 2005, rather, with nine wins, two losses, and one draw. And as I mentioned earlier, she is known as the most dangerous woman in the world. And there's actually been a short film made about her life called The Most Dangerous in the World, Woman in the World, right? Uh, the Most Dangerous Woman, the Fridia Gibbs story. It's amassed over 1 million views on YouTube since being posted there last November, and that's 2020 for those who might be listening later on. So please welcome to the show, The Most Dangerous Woman in the World, Fridia Gibbs. Welcome, Fridia. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsten, for having me. How are you today? I am awesome. <laughs> and you are? Fantastic. That's right. I am fantastic. That's right. So, you know, <laughs> all right, so, it's a powerful word, positive word. That's right. Um, that's what we're all about here. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different. So I'm going to actually ask you a little bit of true-false, okay? I'm going to make a statement. Okay. You tell yeah. me true-false. Uh, you were given okay. the nickname the cheetah at school due to your performance in track. True or false? True. Any nicknames coming out of your performance in basketball? Yes. Lay them on me. Let me hear them. But uh, Nurse J. Oh. You know, back in the day, we had Dr. J. Okay. You did? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, uh, he was my uh, mentor. <laughs> so they called me Nurse J. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. So you earned the name the most dangerous woman in the world after your 1994 um, pay-per-view fight, right? Battle of the Masters, uh, where you fought the current, the then world champion, uh, and I can't pronounce her name. It is French. Valerie hennen Viet or Viet hennen Viet hennen From France, yes. Nazi French. Yes, yeah. yes. So tell me a little bit about that fight. I mean, clearly you prevailed. You prevailed in such a way you garnered this name. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the mindset, right? I mean, you're obviously coming into this fight and you're potentially projected to be the loser, right? Essentially, if they're, if they're, you know, if it's an upset, right? And so how do you mentally prepare yourself when the viewing public is kind of already laying you out, right? How do, what do you do when you face that situation? Like, how do you get yourself still in the mood to go into that ring and do your thing? And, you know, like, is there that inner drive that says, now I have to crush you because I have to prove it? Or like, how do you get yourself there? Well, first of all, my foundation yeah, look at the foundation. When you have a solid foundation like I do, as far as martial arts, but more so um, the foundation of negativity. I come from a lot of adversity, a lot of trials and tribulations. So when you have overcome those little ones as young children and the teenagers growing up, then when it's time to overcome something big, you're actually psychologically prepared for it. Um, throughout martial arts, it taught me one, to be truthful with oneself, and two, it taught me self-confidence, you dig? So um, 
I believed in myself. I believed in every skill that I was given, given, and I had absolutely no doubt in my skills, despite the fact that I was the underdog, you dig? And that was kind of cool because there was no pressure on me. The only thing that I had to do was just go out there and, you know, show them who I, as my grandmother would say, you know, and this is exactly what my grandmom said, Kirsten, uh, the night of the E fight, she said, listen, she said, we know you're a star. Now it's time for you to go out there and show the world that you're a star. You did. And that's exactly what happened. Aww. Despite the fact that I was the underdog. <laughs> said it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. Oh, so now let me tell, let me ask you this. You were also the first female athlete in Pennsylvania to have a freaking seven foot bronze statue erected in your honor. True or false? Yeah, true, true. And that's going to be uh, okay. unveiled this year, actually, God willing, depending on the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And where, where will this happen? They're where going to surprise me, you know, they didn't want to give me too okay. much, but uh, it would definitely be in Pennsylvania. You know, they want to surprise okay. me. So you know, I like, I love surprises. How about you? You like <laughs> well, surprises? one of us. No. You don't no, like surprises? Too much of a control freak. Yeah. No, I like surprises when it's like, hey, we're going to go like randomly go somewhere. But when it comes to like, you know, my life plan, like my path, I could do without them. But usually when they happen, they end up working in my favor. So I'm pretty easygoing. It's taken a long time for me to get to this place. But even yesterday, I had a photo shoot out in Central Park, huh? taken off my shoes. What do I do? Like Cinderella, I left a shoe in the park. Now, it's one of my favorite pair of shoes. They weren't inexpensive. And I was just like, oh. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. The universe is telling me I got to go buy new shoes or something. I was like, you know what? Just roll with it. Yeah. It's going to work in your and benefit. just give those but to somebody else. Give there. those to someone else. Let right? someone else enjoy Well, them. the only problem is, is I one. only lost one. So so no, nobody could pick them up and use them. That's, you know, so I was like, I have one and then the other one's out there like Cinderella. So, wow. All right. That's funny. I know, right? I that's, that's a good but one. I like yeah. that. <laughs> so, true or false, you became the only African-American woman to win an International Sports Karate Association Muay Thai title. Yes, that's true. And uh, actually, that's kickboxing. They say keep saying karate. It's kickboxing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. True. Let's correct that. I'm going to correct that. Um, I wonder why that's because that's not just us that made that. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, it needs to be fixed. Okay, I was looking at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. All right, so that's probably where we picked it up from because we yep. did all this research. Yep. <laughs> you were actually mentored by your uncle, and what's his name? William. Uh, gross. Well, actually, he taught me. We uh, worked together. You know, karate. He taught me martial arts. He was the one who actually introduced me to martial arts. I have to be honest. You know, and give that's credit. awesome. Um, okay. Because I was bullied a lot. Uh, I was teased a lot as a young kid growing up because I was built like an athlete, you know, who, as a kid, do you think about how you're built when you're in school? No, I'm going to be totally racist, prejudiced and totally messed up because I'm a tiny Asian chick and I happen to be female. Now, if I had been a dude, I probably would have gotten my ass kicked for being too skinny and tiny. Right. But I was born a woman right, right on. and it worked in my favor, <laughs> yeah. but I was an athlete. Like yeah. um, I What'd definitely did gymnastics, ballet, yeah. yeah, gymnastics, ballet, tap jazz. I was a competitive cheerleader. I was in a competitive I was equestrian. Yeah. I, I, you know what, when I wanted to get a job as a kid, I wanted to go to McDonald's uh -huh. or Burger King. I think it was. And my dad was like, this is before the internet people. My dad was like, ah, you know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but there are probably things better suited to you that you can learn, know, do different things and, and definitely pays more. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know. I ended up becoming a lifeguard, making 20 bucks an hour where everybody else was making like two fifty at Burger King. See that? And I loved it. And it fit my athletic thing, you know, wake up, right. run the beach, run the, run around the, the neighborhood, right. get fit, swim laps. Right. And it was like, Oh, that and like I got fun paid. too. Right? Like exactly. Fun. It's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you never know. So actually let's bring this, this conversation back because I think it's really, it's really poignant. Um, talk to me a little bit about the bullying during your childhood and sort of the coming about with, you know, finding martial arts and what that did for you. Well, my, my, I didn't know at a young age, you know, fifth, sixth grade, I didn't even know what self-esteem was. I didn't even know what self-confidence was. You dig? I mean, you know, we're still learning, you know, the basics. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was bullied so much, I'll never forget the last time I went. My mother never knew, you know, all this time for two years, I was being bullied like crazy. My mother had absolutely no idea. And this one day, I'll never forget, Kirsten, I was on a school bus because I refused to do the girls' homeworks. I was just done. 
You know how you do them a favor and then yeah. they all of a sudden they abuse the favor. You did. So I was just mm-hmm. done doing their homework. And to make a long story short, they said, we're going to get you after school. You did. Mm. <laughs> Here I am on a school bus with all these bullies. And the kids, yeah. are the, the spectators aren't helping any either. You know how they just instigated. Yeah. You know how the kids are. Anyway, yep. so everybody yeah. got off the bus. And here I am still on the school bus with the bus driver. So, you know, me, I'm Aww. a mental person. You dig? I was always taught mm-hmm. to handle things mentally. You dig? So I said to the bus driver, hey, you think you could do me a favor? Since you and I are the last one on the bus and you got to go to the next stop, how about we just go on to the next stop? <laughs> you know, Aww. Lady Kim's there. She was like, no, Miss Gibbs, this is your stop and you have to get off. I was like, are you kidding me? Look at all those kids out there. They're going to they're gonna destroy me. She was like, listen, yeah. this is what I want you to do. This is cool, Karen, because this is a true story. She said, listen, this is what I want you to do. I said, what? She said, what I want you to do is walk to the back of the school bus. She said, now I want you to lift that emergency door up. She said, then I want you to come back to the front where I am. She said, and then on a count of three, I want you to go bust out of that door and run home. Right? You got that? So That's I did awesome. exactly what Aww. she said. I walked back to the back of the school bus. And when I walked to the back of the school bus, everybody outside walked to the back of the school bus. Right? So I unlocked uh-huh. the emergency door and I unlocked the door and opened it. Right? Just a little bit. Then I walked back to the bus driver and everybody outside walked back to the bus driver. See how terrible kids are? Now, one of them said, hey, let's go. Go home. You Isn't that terrible? So the bus driver said, are you ready, Fridia? I said, yeah. She said, one, two, three. I bust, I ran to the back of that door. I bust out of the back door like a black superwoman. I was hard telling her, wham, 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 wham. I ran to my mom's door and that's when my mom realized that I was being bullied. And she had no idea how terrified I was because when I ran and I slammed the door real fast and I was up against the door, like I won, you know, because they didn't catch me. My mom had no idea what I went through emotionally and psychologically trying to get home safe from those lions and hyenas. (laughs) Am I making sense to you? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And then when she realized what uh, I had gone through, I will never forget this day as long as I live. She opened the door. She saw all the kids on the school bus in my front yard. Isn't it crazy? It's just terrible. My mom went outside. Yeah. She said, now, 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 and now everybody going to fight her. Which one wants to fight my daughter? And then the big, yes, one, and then mommy. The, the big one came up. The biggest one. No. Oh, Lord. My mom had no idea that I was pinned in the bathroom with that chick. My mom says to me, sissy. You are going to fight her. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you this here. You got a choice. Either you beat her or I'm going to beat you and you're going to get two weapons. You're going to get two ass women, oh right? So my mom, no, and then mom. my mom went back in the house and I ran back in too. And she pushed me yes. back out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll never forget what Mm-mm. my mom said to the girl. She said, and you, she said, what's your mama's name? She said, Fanny Banks. My mother said, I know who your mama is, too, and I'll take care of her. But in the meantime, you take care of her, Freedia. You dig? So when my mom went in the house and shut the door, she stuck her arm out. And she gave me a broom real fast. She gave me a broom <laughs> and she said, get her. And I just wailed on her. I don't even oh my remember. God. Only thing I remember is when it was over, the broom was broken. I went back in the house. I didn't get a whipping from my mom, so I must have did something right. <laughs> you didn't break down and cry after that. I'd be crying. No, I did. That, I was that just, level of energy. It was just terrified. The whole thing. Listen. Yeah. All those years of being bullied, my mom had no idea. I was. I, I had gotten to the point where I was fed up. You dig? Yeah. That's why I stopped yep. doing the homework. So I yep. got to the point where I was fed up. And then that's when my uncle came and I didn't want to go to that school anymore. I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to that school no more. Yeah, yeah. So my mom said, oh. Did you though? Did you move school? I did. So did you what change? we did, we yeah, switched good. schools. And then I met yeah. another bully. Then we switched schools again. Mm-hmm. And that's when my uncle intervened. He said, listen, you can't continue to run all your life, Fridia. Yep. That's why it's important for yep. you to see this video. 
You cannot continue yeah. to run all of your life. This is what we're going to do. We're going to introduce you to karate. I said, no, 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 man. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. He said, no, no, no. This is not about mm. fighting. This is about rebuilding your self-confidence. That's yeah. what we're going to do. And that's what yeah. we did. And him and I, we sparred I was gonna... for all, uh, one hour every Saturday. You know? Uh-huh. And, and the name of the game is for me to get the key and get past him and walk out. For, for many years, I had to spar to get past him. And eventually, I was able to get past him, get the key, and walk out for many years. And that's how I earned my black belt. I earned my black belt mm. a lot differently from the average people. You did? Yeah. Right, yeah. right, so right. So that was that. Not doing forms and doing yeah, tests, yeah, yeah, but yeah, actually yeah, yeah. getting past someone, right, right? Right, right? Yeah, getting past someone at the top level. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And, you know, I want to talk about this for a second because you brought this up yeah. because you did say how it followed you, right? Do you now see how, like, meaning the bullying, right? The bullying happens in this one place. You change schools. It's happening again. Can you see how, like, your level of self-love, self-respect, and the energy that you contained actually can possibly have attracted them to you because they look for the weakest link, the weakest emotional link, the weakest kind of who can they think that they can get away from. And so that probably changed with working with your uncle and like getting that confidence and then, you know, really stepping into the you who you were meant to be. Right. right? I mean, this is who you're meant to be. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. But can you kind of see that? That happened to my sister yeah. too. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. What happened to yeah. your sister? She got, she, she was, and you know, my sister and I were like 18 years right. apart. So imagine me, I'm 20 something years old. I'm in law school and I just found out my sister's getting bullied. I was about to drive my car down from Manhattan to New Jersey to go kick some little eight year old right? ass because I was, cause I was like, it doesn't like, cause it, my parents are of that mentality. Like, well, you know, let's talk to their right. parents. Let's do I'm like, that fight. doesn't work. Right. Unless you're good friends with their parents and that you're going to co- separate and like actually yeah. say shit to your kids. That makes a difference. Yeah. Shit doesn't work. Yeah. In fact, it causes more fights. It causes them to look weak. You can't, you can't, like, my daughter goes through it, right? But I'm, look at what I do for a living. I'm a mind fucker. So, I, and first and foremost, I told her, Annalise, nobody your age at this age when she was telling me this does this because they want to, they hate themselves and their life yeah, sucks. That's why they do it. And so it comes out, yeah. right? It comes out of them. And I said, but that doesn't mean that you have to acquiesce, be nice to whatever. I said, sometimes, Try all your little methods, and when they don't work, fucking go yeah, for yeah, it. Like, I hate to say that. I'm going to get a lot of hate on no, this. No, I'm going to no, say no, a lot no, of no. But sometimes, all right, I'm up here in Sometimes you have to do what you have to it's do because it's not going to stop. It's self-defense. Yeah. We, we have right. to defend ourselves. That should be a law. Whether that's with words. Exactly. Right. Whether that's, and it is. Because, you know, what? in Florida, you can't go storm into someone's house. If, if I shoot your ass for storming into my house, guess what? I'm legally protected. Yet, I can't protect myself if you're about to fucking punch me in my face. I don't think so. That doesn't make sense. Everyone should be I don't able think to so. self, that's right. you know, to protect themselves. That's the law. I know mm-hmm. I'm protecting mine. Mm-hmm. That's why I learned martial arts. Yep. <laughs> yep. But there's like an energy that's created. Like when you had that energy and you decided like you were going to protect yourself in this kind yeah. of passive uh-huh. way of like doing homework that kind of sticks with you until you learn your way out yeah. of it. And it's something you have to like live and learn and feel and know. So with that self-confidence coming up, things change. It does. You. you know what it's like? You know what I mean? It's like it your confidence is showing, it's facing its fear, you know? And when we face our fears, the, the fears flee. Mm-hmm. That's in reality. Yep. You dig? That's true. You know? and, yep. and that's what happens, yep. you know? Yeah, in all yeah. things. And, you know, a lot of people here, and it's it's funny, I just had a, a sort of conversation about this, but everything is a head game as a human. Sure it is. And whether you get that or not. Yeah. And so it's a head game for you to get into that ring. It's a head game for a business person to start their business and try and do the unknown, unseen, unguaranteed results, right? right? And the only thing you can guarantee is that you've worked hard enough, consistently enough, and you have confidence in your skill set. Mm-hmm. And that's not overnight, people. That's doing yep. it and doing it and facing mm-hmm. it and learning and fucking up mm-hmm. and saying like, oh, that was a fuck up. Let me tweak that here. That's Let right. me do this. Right. That's you do right. that in sports, but you yep. also do that in business. Dude. Exactly. Your marketing is all technique. It's different, different yep. categories, you know, and that, and that yep. goes psychologically, too, because when you are psychologically strong and tough and you've encountered and endured a lot of the small things to the point where you've at a point where the small things are just like small things and you have that gallon mm-hmm. mindset. 
but yet you initially come from that pine, that pine mindset. If when you start dealing yep. with people that you feel and you encounter who have that psychological pint mindset, you learn that you just don't have time to be pouring your knowledge into it because it's just a waste. So I'm a gallon, yeah. you're a gallon, and you got these pints trying to act like they are contenders in this gallon situation when in essence, <laughs> you're trying to educate them. You can't educate them because the knowledge is overflowing yeah. anyway. You dig? So who, yeah. why stoop yeah. to their level? That's the point that I'm saying. Bring these pints yep. to your level, our level. Yeah. That makes sense? And that's true in everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's true in yeah. everything. You know, we always say, you know, meet people where they're at if you want to help elevate them. But if they're not open, yep. if they're not flexible, if they're not hearing yep. you, there is nothing you can do because yep. it's not about you. It's not about your skill set. It's not about how yep. good you do something. It's yep. about them. It's about them, how right? strong they are. That's why they got you got people who have, the, you know, a, a high IQ and a high EQ. You know what the EQ is, right? But then you had those yep. folks yep. who yep. just have a high IQ and a low EQ. And I know a lot of folks <laughs> who have a very low EQ. You did. Yep, you know, grow up, grow up. You did. <laughs> I, I, I know quite Still a few. Oh I my god! Oh my goodness. So, so I mean, obviously, the martial arts, the consistency, the trying to get past your uncle—that all helped you gain self confidence um, and stand up to your your bullying. Was boxing kind of the natural next decision? Like, how did boxing come about? So here we are with martial arts, and now you get into this next. Sort of well, genre, actually, I, so I, after kickbox, I mean, karate, I went as high as I can go in karate. You know, you know, in karate, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you fight against like 20, 50 people in one day, depending on how tough you are. You dig? But uh, then that's when I made the transition from karate to kickboxing, you know, oh, okay. and then okay. I made the transition to kickboxing. Kickboxing is a lot different. When I made that transition, what I can tell you is it was just like learning a new sport all over again. Because here I am, yeah. like yourself, this great swimmer. Then you make this transition to karate. And it was like I, I was starting all of kickboxing. I was starting all over again. I sparred with the best guy in kickboxing. And I'm the best in karate. He destroyed me. He, he literally, he just mm-hmm. literally beat me up. And I kept, I was soak at night in Epsom sauce and go back for more and I'm black and blue and Muay Thai. His name is Saxon Janjir. You dig? And, and he destroyed mm-hmm. me for many months, but I kept going back to make a long story short. I had to master that sport because, you know, I didn't know it. And it was something that I wanted to learn. You know, I had to learn because it was such a dominant sport, Muay Thai, kickboxing, you know, it's dangerous. I love what you just said. You, I don't even know if you heard yourself. You said I had to learn. Yes, I had to learn it. That is, yes, yeah. that is the key people. It's not, she didn't say I want to learn it. She didn't say that would be cool if yeah. I learned it. Her inner drive said, I have I to have learn to it. Learn like, I have to yeah. learn it. Right. And people always talk about what makes people successful. And it's that. It's that inner statement of saying, I have to have this. I have to do this. I have to accomplish this. You know, Elon Musk didn't start blowing up rockets trying to get to Mars because he said, hey, man, it would be cool to colonize Mars right. and it could be fun. Mm-hmm. No. He's like, we have to survive as a human race. My opinion is that Mars is our only next option as I mm-hmm. see it. We have to get yes. there in my lifetime. We have to get there, mm-hmm. right? And so that that why, why do you think he got so far so quickly with this whole mindset, thing, right? It's, yes, a thousand percent mindset, mindset first, mindset mm-hmm. always, absolutely. Yeah, and that's oh what God. people need to learn. So, I'm sorry, is how to like for example, yeah. his mindset when these folks who are angry going around kicking and you know uh, 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 fighting you know Asians and attacking people for no reason. You know if you're angry about something, you obviously have an emotional situation in which you need to go to the gym. I tell everybody go to the gym. There are a whole lot of black and blue and white bags that are sitting there waiting for you to come and get it off you. Whatever you got on your chest, get it off. You understand? And that's called discipline. So discipline yourself to do so as opposed to disciplining yourself in a negative way and going out in the world and attacking Asians and attacking people who are are, are unprovokedly. You dig? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is, is you just said again, it's like you you're developing a habit and a habit. You know, I don't I don't think that there's a good habit or a bad Mm -hmm. habit necessarily. Mm -hmm. I say does the habit actually get you to your happy end result right. or not? There's no middle ground, mm-hmm. right? I always say this. I'm like, the, the action you take gives you a result. Is that result the thing you want or is it something mm-hmm. else? Because if it's something else, 
stop fucking doing right, it. Right, Change right, it. Like, right, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm like, holy right. shit. It's it's actually that simple. People always like get all, oh, Garrison, it's so hard. No, it's hard because you yeah, think it's well, hard. Exactly. You just it's told work, yourself yes. it's hard. First of all, so you're right. Yep. You're right. Yep. Exactly. Whatever you think, you're right. And so that's interesting. I have a question for you. Yeah. You know, being a female uh, in a predominantly male-dominated sport, tell me a little bit about what that's like, or do you not face that as much oh, yeah, because you're competing against women? I face it all the time. Yeah, okay. Talk I mean, to me when about I started, that. that's yeah. my foundation. First of all, I come from a family. It's my mother's family is very huge. It's, six, eight, it's 16 of them, so it's eight boys and eight girls. So, you know, I come from a big army of those guys. You know, and then all I did was play basketball with guys all the time. So it was something that I was accustomed yeah. to. And then I made the transition yeah. to karate. So I was in, the, uh, I was, you know, one of the only females amongst all these martial art men, lethal martial art men. Mm-hmm. So it was something that I was already accustomed to. I knew how to deal with it. They were very always, you know, one of the great things about athletic men um, is that they were always respectful, you know, mm-hmm. um, and very supportive. I, I never had any of them make any uh, passes at me or anything like that. Um, they respect me as an individual. Now, don't get me wrong. I have dated, you know, um, you know, boxers and, mm. and kickboxers and, and track runners, et cetera. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it, um, yeah. So that's how that was. Yeah. All right. So as an, and it's interesting because, you know, you hear so many different things and we've talked to women who played in the Olympics for hockey. We've talked to, you know, the first NFL female coach, right. Who also played professionally as a female on a men's team, men's team, you know what I mean? So it was, it's interesting to see how it, it plays out differently. And it's, it's interesting to see how typically as a fellow athlete, they seem okay. You know, you always hear these media and it's always media, right? Media stories. Oh, you know, um, but there are, in, in, you know, in, instances where, you know, they are squeezed out. They are not given the positions, even if they are the better athlete. Right. And so it's interesting, but you, you know, doing what you do, it's kind of, you know, one-on-one it's evident yeah. <laughs> who's, who is the stronger athlete in the situation, regardless of sex. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, tell me, you know, you mentioned this before and we're going to actually post the link and guys, I'm just going to be honest. I haven't had a chance to watch this. My team has watched this. They shoved it in my face seven times and I still haven't been able to watch it before this meeting. I apologize for that, but I'm watching it tonight at 6.30. We're filming this right now at 3.25. Um, but tell me a little bit about the short film you have on YouTube. Well, you know, um, wow. First of all, it went viral and that's such a great blessing because, uh, we, we uh, released it in November. Um, but in February is when it really took off once it entered into uh, the Indie Film Festival uh, uh, Festival here in Hollywood, California. That's when it really exploded. Uh, and thank you uh, to Indie Film Festival, you guys, so much. Dave Brown, all you guys. Um, but the film is basically, it's a short film, 9 minutes and 43 seconds. It's on YouTube. It's called The Most Dangerous Woman, The 3D Gift Story. And basically it's about this little young brown girl who was bullied a lot who thought about committing suicide, who comes from poverty, who was teased a lot, um, and who was given up, you know, given up on life. And then, you know, at the age of 11 years old, then her uncle comes along and he um, introduced her to karate. And, you know, then he helps to build her self-confidence. And then, you know, they spar every Saturday for one hour in addition to class. And then eventually she becomes this, you know, a uh, great kickbox uh, karate person. Uh, athlete and and that confidence translates over to her being a great athlete in basketball and track. You dig? Um, and then she went ahead mm-hmm. to California and become this uh, uh, kickboxing champion, shocked the world. Um, I did come across a, a guy and I was invited to a domino game in uh, Inglewood, California, and um, mm-hmm. it was payday Friday. And what happened? I lost all my paycheck and my bus fare, but I learned how to play dominoes. And what happened, I didn't know that I was playing dominoes also with the Grim Sleeper. They call him Lonnie David Franklin. He was a man who had killed over 100 black women in South Central. And what I had done, unfortunately, I had accepted a ride from him um, about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning because I I lost all my bus fare. I I lost my whole whole paycheck, everything. I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to stay in my own bed. You know how you go to my house, you just want to go home? You know how you want to just go home? I want to go home. I'm done now. I want to go home. So he gave me a ride. 
And I said, and I was exhausted too, cursed. And I'll never forget this. I was exhausted. And I was laying my head on the winch on the window. And I said, turn right. When I said turn right, he turned left. And that's when I woke up real fast. I said, yo, 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 you going the wrong way. You dig? And then we went to this area and he parked. And he said, let me, he said, look at here, let me stick it in, bitch. You know, and I was like, no. I don't want you sticking it in, you know? And I tried to bust out the door and I couldn't because there was no knob, you dig? Mm -hmm. So I ran to the back of the van to try to run out the back of the van. He had a big chain on it and a lock. I couldn't get Mm. out. I turned around, it was just him and I one-on-one, you dig? I don't know how long Mm. him and I were fighting in that van, but what I do know is when I did when I attacked him a couple of times with a Muay Thai leg kick and I saw fear in his eyes. And then when he came to tackle me, to try to tackle me like a football player, what I had done, I grabbed the end of his shirt tail, swing it over, swam him back. I went down, grabbed his pants, and I pulled him over his shoes. I stepped on his chest and I grabbed his dick. And I said, where the keys at, motherfucker? He said, they're in my pocket. Oh, I reached in, shit. I grabbed the keys. He had about a thousand keys on this big circle. I said, which one is it? He said, it's the orange one, whatever. I took it up. I unlocked it. I snatched the lock off, snatched the chain off everything. And I told him, listen to me. When you see me on the streets, what you going to say? He said, I'm going to say hi. I was grabbed his dick. I was I was stepping on his chest. I was pulling it like crazy. I said, no, you're not. He was screaming. I said, no, you're not. You're going to, you're going to go the opposite direction, aren't you? He's like, yeah. I was screaming. You know, because I had to be sure. I said one more thing. When a bitch says no, she means no. And I hit him. Bam. And I took the keys. I ran. And I threw the keys. And I took off running. And I learned that I was in a lot of fog. Wherever he had me, I was in a lot of fog when I got out of the van. You did? And I'll never forget Mm -hmm. these headlights coming toward me. And the closer I got to the headlights, the headlights, you know, I saw it was a yellow cab. And the cab took me home. You dig? And half my clothing were ripped off of me, but the cab took me home. And when the cab took me home, I called my family and I told my family what just happened to me. And I was on the next airplane back to Philly. You dig? 15 years later, I learned that he was the grim sleeper. He had killed over, over 100 women, uh, African-American women in South Central. I had no idea who this man was. Only thing I knew is that mm. I was playing dominoes with a bunch of people that I didn't know. I lost my money, lost my bus fare. He offered me a ride home, and then he tried to rape me. You did? Oh, my God, that's crazy. <clears throat> that is crazy. Yeah, but he didn't succeed, though. Mm-mm. You know, because you know what bitch mean, right? Do I know what what you means? You know what bitch mean, right? B-I-T-C-H? You know what that means, right? Yep, yep, what it mean? Yep. What it oh, mean? Oh, yeah. It's actually it's a female. No, dog. no, absolutely. You are absolutely <laughs> wrong. B I T C H stands for babe in total control of herself. Don't ever forget that. Nice. Don't ever nice. forget that. You dig? That's what B I T means. That's what my mama taught me. Because my mm. mama taught me whenever her and my dad got in an argument, the first thing he would do is call her a bitch. And she said, the reason why he called me a bitch because he know I'm a babe in total control of myself. I love you it. You dig? You got that? Yeah, we're writing that down. Love it, love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's crazy, and I'm just thinking to myself, because this is how I think. I'm thinking to myself, total Netflix series right there. I don't know if you know Netflix, right? Like, Well, obviously, you know Netflix, but they've been picking up a lot on things like The Serpent and all of these serial killer things. So for you to produce that, yeah, check them out and check out that genre, and you'll see what they've done. Um. But I could see like a one page and a book going out to Netflix on not only your experience, but then drawing that back to like, you know, the this guy and his time and what he's did. Is he dead or is yeah, he, he just like he's in jail? Away, like a uh, few months interesting. ago. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I would I would work with a writer and get that shit down and pitch it, pimp it out to Netflix, see what yeah, you can do. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna make it happen. That's a crazy fucking you, that's story. That's why you gotta see That's like, why you, everybody else telling you gotta see it. It went viral. I'm telling you. It oh went my God. crazy I got, viral. Okay, I gotta see Yeah, It went so viral. Yo, I have, have, I've been uh, uh, contacted by Hollywood heavy hitters, meaning of all mm-hmm. diversities. You understand me? Mm-hmm. Heavy hitters mm-hmm. in regards mm-hmm. to my story. One wants to do an autobiography. One wants to do a feature film. Mm-hmm. One wants to do a TV series. 
you know, and I can go on and on yeah. and on. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. I'm telling you, do not count Netflix out. They have the money to produce high quality. They are producing a lot. They have taken stories that people have pitched them and completely turned them, like that Lupin. I don't know if you've no, seen Lupin. No. It's a it's an old French book. It's about a, a thief, a burglar, a jewelry and heister kind of person. A cinema story. Um, yeah, I don't know, but like I have somebody, but they only take it from agents. Got it. Netflix usually works with right. agents, but it's a. I, I would definitely work with them because they've taken traditionally white characters too and making them everything because right. they're really good about that. And they've done that before all of this shit right. came down. That was their thing, right? right? right. Like there have been people out there doing that for like the past yeah, two yeah, years yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sweet. that's why I like them. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, I look all crazy. We're, we're saying this all on like the thing. And people are going to be like, ah, we're going to, we're going to hear hate. We're going to hear love. It's going to be like, Hey peeps, whatever. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, I love it. I love it. Cause I could, I could see you tying that story in and creating a total series uh, for Netflix there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Damn. And you also have a book out. Yeah, right? I you do. have the Freddie Gibbs story. Uh-huh. The most, yeah. Tell yeah. me a little bit about that. Wow. As, you know, obviously we're talking you about know, I was, uh, where can people get it? Yeah. Uh, where, well, you can get the book at Amazon or uh, I, I actually awesome. have about a hundred here uh, at my office, but um uh, I'll never forget my publicist, my former publicist, his name is uh, W.P. Pill. He used to work for Motown. You dig? So he had major connection, major. And currently he's living in Vegas with uh, Barry uh, Gordy's daughter, you know? So he he still has Love those it. major old connections. You follow what I'm saying? Like yeah, Shaka yeah, yeah. Khan and all those, all them. Ah. But um, he said to me when I retired from kickboxing, when I re- actually when I retired from boxing, um, he said, hey, listen, you know, I really think that you should go ahead and write a book. He said, because you and about your life, he said, because nobody can tell your story like you can. You dig? Mm-hmm. He said, normally, because he's been in the industry for a long time. He said, normally what happens is when you write that book, then the next, you know, someone comes along and wants to do and convert that book into a movie. You dig? So that's exactly what right. I had done. I went ahead and, and, and did exactly what he suggested because I'm a master listener. And I've learned from some of the great, great men by becoming a master listener. You dig? Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and followed mm-hmm. instructions. I created the book. The book's called The Most Dangerous Woman, The Free to Give Story. It's on Amazon. And then these guys, young guys in Philadelphia, when I was back there for two years taking care of business, they came along and wanted to do a short film on the book, which is a nine minute and 43 seconds. So that's what you got to check out, which, which went viral on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So from the book, the video it. on YouTube went viral. And now I got Hollywood heavy hitters who've come out to approach me and we're ready to get something rolling now. We're getting ready to get busy. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm going to ask you this next question, but I don't know. It doesn't sound like there was too many challenges. What, you mean? Uh, what was your always. biggest? You got to have those. <laughs> if without, listen, if you ain't, that's no saying. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. You dig? You mm-hmm. dig? Mm-hmm. And when you see mm-hmm. somebody hating on you, you know you popping. And you gotta smile and go, yeah, yep. that's right. I'm popping. You dig? Yep. So that's that's my <laughs> attitude on it. You know, when somebody come at me it. stupid, ignorant, try to come at me in a negative way or thinking that they sending some type right. of negative energy, I take that and turn into some positive flow, a positive vibe. Yes. Because I'm like, yo, I'm you hating on me, you letting me know I'm popping. I got something going on. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. There's this old like Buddhist thing. Like I, I'm so not, I'm going to so destroy the story. So whatever, <laughs> like, but here you'll still get the gist of it. So like a Buddhist uh, monk entered this town and one of the guys with a great deal of anger approaches him, telling him he's a fraud and what he's doing. And he's a, he's a loser and a fake and all this stuff. Right. And ultimately, you know, the Buddhist un, unmoved uh, and, and the guy's like, well, what, what's your problem basically. Right. And, and the Buddhist's like, look, it's like a gift. Did you ever buy a gift for someone and, and give it to them and they rejected it? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. So the Buddhist is like, well, then who does the gift then belong to? And he's like, well, me, I guess, since I paid for it and they didn't want it. So the, the Buddhist was like, just like your anger, it's your gift. I'm not accepting it. You have no effect on me, but really you're stuck with it. So it's up to you to understand what you want to yeah. do with that. Right. And so it's kind of interesting because it is us. And I always say this with my coaching clients. Look at your reality. Look at what you believe your reality is. If there's something you don't like, you're creating it. 
everything you love, you also created. Like know that you manifest everything. You're a magic manifester. Now just learn how to do that in the way most positive for you with your happy end result. I always talk in happy end results. Like what is your happy end result and how are you getting it? You know, Curtis, you you are absolutely right. And that goes back to something that my grandma taught me. I'll never forget, I was like 12 years old. My grandmama Mm -hmm. always stressed to me the importance of us as a human being as well as a soul, because we're souls living a human life, but as a soul to be yes. honest with ourselves. You dig? This is mm-hmm. what my grandmother taught me at the age of 12. Whatever you do, you make sure that you're honest with yourself. I don't care about anything else. You be honest with yourself. You dig? Now, let me yes. give you a prime example. Yes. And she put emphasis on that there. You dig? That's why it's important. Mm-hmm. That's why I wear as it states in the Bible, I wear the belt of truth. I'm coming at you with the belt of truth because I was taught about the truth at a very young age, the importance of being honest with oneself. But to make a long story short, I'll never forget my brother. Going back to what you were talking about, you know, when people mm-hmm. have negative thoughts and energies and vibrations or tell lies, that's, and they say it about somebody else, that's something that they, that's a problem that they got within their self. That's what you see yep. about you that you want to say to yourself, but yet you're projected to someone else when in essence, it should be done to you. You know, yep. you should be saying yep. it to yourself, looking yep. in the mirror. That makes sense? Yep. A thousand percent. But listen, look, look didn't move. Percent. I want to share this with you. I'll never forget. We was 12 years old. And my brother, he was going around telling lies. He was just telling lies. And he came to me. And I mean, I'm going around telling the truth. And I'll never forget him right. coming to me. Free you, free you, free you. Listen to this here. You keep going around telling the truth, looking like a fool. But listen, I go around telling the truth. I go around telling a lie and everybody believe me. But you go around telling the truth and don't nobody believe you. I said, no, 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 no. He said, listen, watch this. And I watched it. He went over and told a lie. Deliberately. It was an experiment mm-hmm. we were doing. Everybody right. believed him. He said, now go over there and tell me the truth. I go over there and tell the truth. Didn't nobody believe me. This went on. We mm-hmm. did this cursing for about 30 days. True story. Wow. This was okay. an experiment. Okay. So I went back to my grandma, angry. Grandma, that did it. I'm not telling the truth no more. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm all right. not telling the truth no more. What do you mean? For the past 30 days, my brother and I, we did an experiment. Me, I'm, you keep telling me to tell the truth. He kept going around telling a lie. Everybody believed the lie, but nobody believed the truth. I'm done. That's it. I'm done. I'm From now on, I'm telling a lie. She said, you listen to me, young lady. And she was firm. And that was the first time I ever felt that energy or that, that vibration from my grandma before Kirsten. Mm-hmm. She said, as mm-hmm. long as you live, you make sure you always tell you the truth First, it's deeper and bigger than this here. You also got to learn how to get along with you first, because when you can get along with you and love you, you can't other people. But you got to be honest with you first. You dig? Mm-hmm. Heavy. Smart huh? grandma. Smart grandma. Yeah, no, huh? I love grandma. Me too. Love grandma. That's the second time. That's the second time she gave me yeah, goosebumps. Yeah, hey, grandmas <laughs> like, are the best. So are moms too, but grandmoms are the best. You know they are, don't you? Don't you? Yeah. You know what? I, I'm adopted, and my parents totally, totally waspy. And it's it's interesting. I don't know if this is like a, a their thing, but they they tend to kind of while we all love and care about each other we're not there on the daily we all live in different states we all you know what i mean so it's not that close it's really not that close i had i had you know two grandmas i was really close to um i had three grandmas all together because my parents had gotten divorced right um yeah yeah and they were all amazing they were all amazing but i I had two that were i was really close to and one that luckily i was able to be close to because we lived in the same town for for quite a long Mm -hmm. time like when i was in elementary Mm -hmm. school right um, so talking about being bullied and stuff like that. I mean, I grew up with that. I grew up with that all the mm-hmm. time. My brother grew up with that. You know, my sister is white, so she didn't really grow up right, with that. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, but she actually ultimately was also bullied uh-huh. too, which was interesting. Um, because, you know, you know, people would step to my brother and I, we just had a very different behavioral type right. where it would be squashed. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. done. Right. And it wasn't because of self-confidence because we totally lacked right. that. I think it was more out of anger and no one's going to take our space anymore. Right. Like, some enough, like, you know, when you get fed up, like you take yeah, it yeah, from yeah. your family, you take it from this yeah. so that when someone else outside right. of that circle tries yeah. to do that, you're like, fuck right. no. You're just like, 
not happening. I get it enough here. You're, you're not yeah. going to be the one to yeah, do it yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think we kind of lucked out that way where my sister didn't, right. Like she has these like, Oh, let's talk. Let's everything's all, you know, kind of parents. And, and so when somebody came into her space, this gigantor kid that was bigger than me, by right. the way, and my tiny little sister, like, it was like, like crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy how our minds work. It's crazy how, you know, we have a certain limit and we institute that limit and it goes even into business building. It's like, all of these people who want to start up a side business, who are doing it for the money, which is not, that's not a bad thing, right? Who are, who are saying, I'm fed up with life. I can't take this working for someone else, having to be on this time frame, doing this thing. You know, that's great. You're fed up. But what's your next action? Like, what are you really going to do about it? Like, stop dreaming and start taking action. And don't be afraid of the fail because shit's going to happen all yeah, the time. Yeah, like, shit happens all the time. It comes with territory. Right. It's, yeah. And if it's not happening, like you said, then, then obviously you're not doing yeah. something. If nothing is a stumbling block. If you're not stumbling over anything, facing anything, then you're not doing yeah, anything. Right, right, right. You know, if you don't, like you said, if you don't have haters, then what the hell are you doing? Right. You're not you out there speaking haters. your you mind. You're have, not. Right. I'm telling you, every, every right. one of the folks I know, they got haters. <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna, dude, you're gonna, and you're gonna get the shit. You're gonna get the shit. You're gonna start here. Like, it might be like all positive social media, and then you're gonna have jackasses from wherever saying I crap. All the time. I do it all the time. Yeah, I'm like, what? you know, it's like, and that's why it matters that you know yourself, that you're honest with yourself. Key. Because if you're honest with yourself and you live your truth, then that shit doesn't. Listen, listen. It's, it's, God is within us. You, know? you understand me? Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. I, I, you know, at a young age, I didn't understand it. You know, when my grandma was telling me, but I was always in search of religion and all these things, spirit, spiritual. You know, right. and then finally right. it all came together. That's why she put so much emphasis on me being honest with myself. And it's so yeah. easy now. You know, you know, especially when I was smoking weed, I had to be honest because I don't have time to be thinking about some lie. You know, so I just love it. Oh, oh, man. All right. All right. That just happened. (laughs) Um, All right. So, you know, what has been your biggest challenge, not in coming up the ranks, but actually in making the transition. So when you left the sport and now you're entering this whole different life, kind of what's been, what's been the biggest challenge? Biggest challenge to be perfectly honest with you. And I was sharing it with sharing this with one of my attorney friends in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, is dealing with average people. Mm-hmm. Average people have a very different mindset from uh, world champions. You understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, their mm-hmm. energy is very different. Their mindset is very different. The average people, it's just the tiniest little thing hurt them and obviously about themselves. And that's what I found yeah. my biggest challenge is just dealing with average people, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not accustomed Ooh. to dealing with average people. I'm accustomed to dealing with a certain group uh, of people. And when I retired, I retired and came back to the average world. If yeah. that makes any sense to you. Yeah, Does that make sense? So, yeah, abs- yes, absolutely. I work with high achievers all the time, people who run nine-figure, ten-figure businesses, like, and they don't get there because they fucking let shit happen. Right. Like, they get there because they work, they learn, they lead, they do. Yeah. Um, and actually, I work with athletes in transition, so it's interesting um, that you're saying that. Mm-hmm. So here's the question, and I already know the answer sure. because you are not an average person, so I already know the answer, I think. But let me – it's like trivia, like my, my own mental trivia. Um, so what do you do? Do you learn to get along with the average person, or do you fight and find the people that will excel with you and be part of your tribe? Um, that's a good question. My uh... – I, I learned the both. I, I learned. I learned. I learned the both. Mm-hmm. And and how I learned is by going back home and spending time with my family. You know, mm. if that makes any sense. You did. Well, it, it could if I think I'm interpreting it right. So are you? Tell me how. How 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 did going back and spending being time in the atmosphere, family? Being, going back into my entire whole atmosphere mm-hmm. where I grew up and surroundings to bring me more down to earth. Because as my mom would say to me, sissy. Mm-hmm. You just been around white people too much. You don't think the same. You understand? I'm just gonna keep it real. She said you don't think the same. You don't even act. You don't even act. You know, black anymore. You know, you know, uh-huh. you, you, uh-huh. you just don't. You know, uh, just come and just be around us a little bit. Just to, you know, feel the vibe. Remember who you are. But I do know who I am. It's just that I grew. You understand? This is who I tell them. Right. I know yep. exactly who I am. I just grew. Mm-hmm. I evolved. You know. So mm-hmm. my brain is a lot bigger now. I have worldly experience. 
but I'm willing yep. to do so. Yeah, that's what keeps a lot of newer athletes trapped. And I say athletes in the sense of NFL, NBA, like the people that I've worked with is, you know, you come up in a certain environment. And when you're trying, I don't care, I don't care if it's athletic or not. Right. Okay. When you come from a certain place, okay. And you're trying to break through that and do something different, whether that's own a business, get a different kind of job, go to college, whatever that is. It's interesting how people can turn that around because of their own fear and their own mindset and their own perspective and turn that back onto you. Like, who do you think you are? Oh, you're fancy pants. Oh, da, 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 da. Right. When really you're growing, right, yeah. you're doing what God yeah, wanted exactly. you to do. You're doing your intended and you're finding your truest yeah. self. They're the ones that can't see it, understand it because the pint, look at where the they're stuck. Mindset. Yes. The there mindset. you go. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it. If they're, yeah. if that's where they want yeah, it's not, it's to not, be content right. and that's say, right. right. There's nothing right. wrong with it. It's just, if that's not what you choose to do, understand that you're not going to be hanging out there and you don't need to bring them up. You don't need to pay them. They don't need to live in that's your right. house. Right. Like, you know, when you do all that stuff, because trust me, they're there too. And all, you know, all the, all the professional athletes that are listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. And, and, and it it hurts. It feels wrong. If you think you're leaving them behind, you're not leaving them behind. You're letting them be the them they think they want to be because you can't change them. And you must continue on and be the thing that you think you're intended to be. And that's it. it. That's it. You know, and that's not easy. It's not, it doesn't always feel good. It's not, no, no. Um, you know, and what's interesting, so if what, that's, what, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell me what's also no, interesting is, uh, you know, when you try to help, what I've also learned, Kirsten is, uh, most of the folks that I have actually reached out to, Oh, I help are actually the ones who've actually turned against me. It's really weird because mm-hmm. they expecting certain things from me or feel that they are, oh, yeah. you should have given more, oh, yeah. you should have done something different yeah, it's I'm something insulted because earned, it's not big enough yeah, or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's oh, always, yeah, the, I know yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I petted yeah, your yeah, head yeah. when you were five. So you, yeah. you owe me. Yeah. So that's what I've learned. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just a very interesting mindset. So that's why I was saying mindset is everything, you know? Yes. Yes. It's, it's a perspective. It's a perspective. And the sad thing is, is, you know, we don't understand how we've consciously chosen to view things because it happens at such a young age. But if you take the time now, it makes all the difference. I don't care if you're listening to this and you're 12 years old, 18 years old, 80 years old. It makes all the difference if you just take the time and understand because it's as simple as this. Your result is begotten by a behavior, but your behavior is begotten by an emotion and your emotion is begotten by a thought. So thought, emotion, behavior, result. Where do you need to start up here at thought? Mindset. The thing is, is it's subconscious. All of your things are automated. Your brain needs to automate something neurologically very quickly so it saves space. Like when you started to drive a car, how difficult was it? Sit down, check mirror, check this, put in gear, put key, don't lose your shit, don't hit stuff, you know, all the stuff. Now, how easy mm-hmm. is it? Right, because your brain automated mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Right? Well, your brain, yeah, and your brain automated. All the shit that gets you results today. You don't like your relationships. Guess what? There's something automated in your thought process that creates your emotions, that creates your behavior, that creates your shitty mm-hmm. relationships. Okay. And it's, it's that simple. Is it easy? No, man. Cause you have to take a look at yourself and be like, dude, I was a total right. asshole and this is right. what I do. And oh yeah, the pain of that. Right. I'm a shitty mom sometimes, dude. I have to deal mm-hmm. with that. Knowing what I know, I know that my words have negatively impacted mm-hmm. my daughter in which she's going to have to have therapy with right, right, right. <laughs> you know? I know that the only thing I can do yourself. is fix it. Fix, yes. fix it. Try again. Yeah. Try again. Try you know? again. That's all I can yeah. do. And like my grandma, I grew up in a very positive do. atmosphere as far as my grandmom's and my grandpa was concerned. And I never heard my grandmom say anything negative about anyone, but my grandma, my mom, they always stressed to me at very young age. Don't let no negative thoughts in your mind. The inner pop them back out yeah. like a balloon. This they would show me. And I'm young. I'm young. You know, yeah. any negative thought, enter it and try to swerve through, push it back out immediately. Don't let no negative yeah. thoughts in. You have to think positive. And that's the way that I think. You dig? Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. It's the way everyone should think. I hope yeah. to, you know, feel good about themselves. Yeah. Let me ask you this as someone who really understands mindset, right? And understanding soul, failure yeah. too. Oh, okay. Um, no, I was going to say understanding failure. How do you what's the way I can put this? How do you manage your self-talk when things fail really big and you have to 
get up publicly, move on and still create. And you're still faced with all that goes on. If that makes sense. Is yeah. That yeah. Making sense? Just have that mindset, yeah, okay. you know, uh, there's, there's nothing stopping me now. Nothing and nobody is going to stop me, especially when I have this passion for something or, you know, or yeah. let's say for example, my book, when my publicist, he said, listen, do a book. I had our, my mindset was, you know, I was our, I had to go there. So I knew what I had to do after I got the outline together. Okay. Get the photos together, get the photos together for boxing, get the photos together for basketball, get the photos together for track, you know, get the photos together for the different chapters. I knew that I had to do that there. So it was just a matter of putting it all together and don't get me wrong in life. We can always have distractions. You did. Yeah. That's the way it is. And, and you yeah. can consider life like a, like, like running a hundred yard dash over hurdles. That makes sense. Okay. All right. We had the hundred at the start line there, and we got ten hurdles we got to run on before we get to the finish line. Keep in mind that's the way life is. We're gonna have to run over those hurdles all the way until we get to the finish line, or are we gonna stop when we uh, go over one hurdle? No, we can't. So that's the way life right. is, and that's the way I look at it. That's the way I was taught. You did. You're gonna fall down, but get back yep. up. You're gonna fall down, but get back up. Whatever you do, win your race. Go through that finish line, whether you first, second, third, or last. Just go through the finish line. But I'm, I'm, my goal is to be That's first funny. with you. That's, yeah, it's I, I say two things to to my daughter all the time. If the truth hurts, bleed to death or change it, right? And either way, you're gonna die. Inevitable. Don't know the time, right? Either way, you're gonna die. So, do you want to have the life that's fun, happy, and what you wanted it to be, or are you gonna sit there and take it as it comes? Because either way. It's day by yeah. day and it could be fun and awesome. It could be amazing and scary or it could be bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It could be total we bullshit. Total control. When they say that we are in total control yeah. of our life, in essence, we really are. We can go right, which is wrong, right. Or we can go left, which is wrong. It's our choice. You did. Yep. Yep. We're in control. Yep. Yep. And I love what you said earlier about, you know, just kind of having a soul and a human body. Cause I <laughs> This is so gross. People hate when I say this. I always say we're energy in a meat suit yeah. here on Earth. But it's kind of true, too. <laughs> like, but, just, you know, it, it is right? true, though. We, we are souls just, in a human body. Yeah, we're just a soul and it's a little what meat suit. Right? What do you think suit. happens to us in the end? I kind of figured it out. Okay, we're the soul in this human body. So we have to learn all the, as a soul, we come here and up to Earth into this body. And we have to learn and experience all these different things. So we sacrifice yeah. as a soul to come here to live this human life. Here is where hell is. We they're, they're called it's called seven gifts from the Holy Spirit. Are you familiar with them, uh, Kirsten? Nope. Huh? Nope. So nope. what what, the soul, what our soul learns are the seven gifts from the Holy Spirit. We have them today. Some of us identify and some of us don't. But the first one is the fear of God. That's the gift of the fear of God. That's the first gift. The second gift is, is mm -hmm. knowledge. The third gift is wisdom. The fourth gift is understanding. The fifth gift is uh, poetry. The uh, uh, sixth is, uh, uh, what's it called? For courage. And the seventh should be, uh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Counsel. Those are the seven uh, gifts from the Holy Spirit that we live with every day and we deal with every day. Because we have mm -hmm. to experience and grow as a soul here living in human life. But dig the move. It's the human side of us, which we call our ego. You dig? Mm. That's our ego. Mm -hmm. And then our, our soul side is the divine, the spirit. If the human right. side embrace the soul side, that's how we're able to conquer and become super superhuman. Mm. Does that make sense to you? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the like ego it. has submitted to the soul. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So let me ask you this one last thing. Yeah. If there's one last thing that you want to leave the listeners with, if you want to point them in a certain direction, what would that be? That's good. I just, uh, I would love for everyone to go and check out the uh, a short film, uh, uh, the most dangerous woman on YouTube, uh, leave your comments, whether they positive or, or negative, don't matter. You know, uh, you, you gotta say what you gotta say. But, uh, one of the things I really want to leave with the people is that, uh, our goal is to introduce martial arts, black martial arts to the world and in a positive way. And we're really excited about it and we're coming.
and you think Black Panther was hot, wait until you see Black Cheetah. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Awesome. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course, you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.